0: Good morning, Goblins and Ghouls. I'm actually coming on before the podcast for once without a trigger warning. Although there is some. I guess I could see there being some triggers later, but that's not the main reason I'm here today. Today, I know. I promised you guys two podcasts today. As much as I love you guys. It, It's not going to (laughs) happen. I always forget how long actual recording and editing take. Like, the research takes the longest. And I'm like, I already have all of it done. It'll be fine. Then I forget editing and recording. So, that being said, next week's podcast is good to go. But what I'm going to do, because I promised you guys a bonus episode, I want to do something special for Halloween. Halloween. So, what I need from you guys is let me know what your favorite Halloween story is. Favorite legend, favorite horror movie, favorite whatever. Anything that has to do with Halloween, I want to know. You can write me on the Facebook page. You can email me at the My Haunted Life Podcast at gmail. Email. Um, you can TikTok me, all of it. I want to know all of it. Because I'm trying something interesting. But yeah, don't forget. Send me your Halloween stories. And now, on with the show. Good morning, goblins and ghouls and welcome to another episode of My Holiday Life Podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. How is everyone doing today? Are you getting plenty of sleep? I sure hope so because I know I'm not. (laughs) But it's spooky season and that's pretty normal for me. As of this recording, I'm watching the sun come up over the horizon and the sky is just starting to glow. I'll give video for it for the TikTok. It's pretty. You might hear the crows in the background cawing. It's just kind of nice to know someone else is up with me. Well, except for Podcat Lily, who is here helping of course. Do you guys have any fun plans for Halloween? I can't believe we're so close. (laughs) I still haven't figured out what I'm wearing. I should really do that. I think we should do a thread in the Facebook group of all of our costumes because I just think that would be fun. Show off your costume for the year. I'll show off mine as soon as I figure out what it is. I'm thinking something witchy. I'll be in North Carolina exploring the area for ghostly happenings and also visiting the Renaissance Festival down there. So if you have any suggestions on where to visit, let me know. I'll be in the Charlotte area for the weekend. A little bit of housekeeping, I was really excited to have the top 10 poltergeist episode done on the Patreon page and ready to go, I should say for the Patreon page. I filmed it, or yeah, I filmed it before I left, but I was traveling and didn't get a chance to actually publish it. That being said, it is now uploaded. In three parts because I have some tech issues, but it's there. This week I'm working on finishing up a top 10 famous witch legends for Halloween. So I want to know, do you guys have a favorite? I haven't officially decided on the ranking, so you will have to tune in early next week on the Patreon to see what I did. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm trying to stick to legends that have a witchy element, but also a haunting element, and not just famous witches throughout time. It's getting a little hard, but I'm working on it. I also wanted to say, for those that follow my other stuff, if you're into the witch hats, the last of the witch hats should be out this week. It's killing me, but I'm doing it. I also have a show, if you're Colorado Springs area, for the Colorado Springs Oddity and Bizarre Expo. At the Colorado Springs Convention Center and then the salon boxes if you follow my subscription stuff are out and available now and that has everything that you'll need to do a lovely salon celebration this time the featured artist is a little alchemy again and they I got first dibs on one of their new scents called Crypt, so that's really exciting. And then I have Brittany from Fairy Grove back doing the candles and they're these black skull candles. And I haven't gotten them from her yet, they're done, I just need to go up and get them. But I asked for a scent to be something like a Smoky Pumpkin. So I am so freaking excited on that. And that's just the guess. Myself, I have a lovely dragon's blood roll-on oil in there and I'm finishing up a design. Well, the design's finished, but finishing up pendulum boards. So it's a fun little box this time. So, if you're interested, get on and check out my website, FoggCouture, F-O-G-G, dot com. Now, getting into it. This week, I'm continuing the stories that scared the hell out me at some point in my life. So, this week I'm telling you all about the legend of La Llorona, the Weeping Woman. She is a famous spirit known in Latin American cultures, but has been gaining popularity in the last few years up through the U.S. since she has started showing up in more populated areas, oddly enough usually caught on security cameras drifting through the streets. There are actually plenty of like YouTube videos of people capturing her cries. So let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. first heard the story from my 5th grade teacher who would tell us stories about his childhood growing up in rural Mexico. There are many versions of the story of La La Rona, but this is one he told us as best as I could remember it. So just imagine a room full of 5th graders gathered around the feet, of our teacher sitting in the dark. He, he really did like to tell us lots of ghost stories. And we were all like absolutely enamored with his adventures about his childhood. And like we, we knew all of his friends kind of thing. It was, it, was, it was, he was an awesome storyteller. But the ghost stories were really exciting. He would have us gather around him in the dark. We'd turn off all the lights. And just imagine a room of fifth graders actually quiet. We would just sit there listening to every word. He would also, you know, a while well pull out the flashlight and hold it under his face to look all scary. Like, you know, one does to tell ghost stories around the campfire. The legend goes that there was a young woman who was enticingly beautiful that lived in a small rural Mexican village. In some stories, her name is Maria or Donna Maria. Her family was very poor, like most others in the village. One day, a nobleman and his son rode into town looking to buy some cattle. This family owned much of the land around the area, so everybody kind of knew who they were. The son of the nobleman saw the young woman and became immediately captivated with her and her with him. Love at first sight. Nothing could go wrong. Young love. It, long story short, doesn't go well. They would sneak away from their families to see one another at night under the cover of darkness. Soon the two decided to get married. In some stories, she accidentally got pregnant. And he had to marry her. But most stories say it was love that got them married. And the children came later. The nobleman's father was not happy about his son marrying. So below his social status and continued to treat his daughter-in-law badly throughout the marriage. Her family also did not approve because they believed it would lead to nothing but trouble for their daughter. And for a while, it was fine. Everybody was happy. They were very much in love. The two eventually had two children. Most of the legends say it was two sons, but some say also a son and a daughter. One way or another, the children were the apples of their father's eye. They were very happy. But as the senior nobleman grew older and older, his son had to start taking over more and more of the responsibilities of keeping up their cattle empire. This meant the son would be away from home for long periods of time. When he would return home, it would not be for long. When he was home, he would spend most of the time with his children and less and less with his wife. It got to the point where he would not even acknowledge her when he would be there. Just focused solely on his children. Her love never changed for him, however. She didn't know what to do to get her husband back. Some legends say that she began to grow jealous of her children getting all of the affection from her husband. One way or another, they were not in a happy, healthy relationship. Then one day, after he had been away from home for a while, he showed back up with another woman, said goodbye to his children, and left. Another version of the story has him kicking her and his children out of the house so that he and his new mistress could move in. In another, he wanted to take his children away from her and just kick her out. Either way, he had betrayed her and threw her away like she was nothing. The woman was distraught and heartbroken and she flew into a blind rage. She took her children down to the nearby river and drowned them. Some stories say she purposely drowned them and left their bodies on the side of the river where the husband would find them. Others say that when she realized what she was doing, She stopped and tried to save them, but the current of the river was too strong and took her children away from her. She tried to find her children, but could not, and several days later, she too was found dead on the banks of the river. Some stories also say that the husband, due to shame and guilt over what he had done, then committed suicide. However, those were rare and but I still wanted to add it. It is said that the woman was banned from heaven until she can find her children's souls. So her spirit is doomed to wander the waterways, lakeshores, riverbanks, and drainage ditches, looking for her children crying out in grief. She is seen in a white funeral dress and usually a veil covers her face. This is the birth of La Llorona. In some stories, she can turn into a flock of birds and disappear. Well, maybe that's what my crows are. But it's her cries that are always the same. People hear her wailing out in grief. Just horrible cries. Sometimes they're as low as moaning And other times they're full on screaming, but just the whales, much like the Gaelic Banshee she can be an omen of death. She is known to kidnap children, sometimes believing they are her own or saying they're her own and trying to take them to heaven with her so she can get in finally. Other times, she just drowns them. One way or another, the children are not coming home. She can be heard dredging along the bottom of the riverbanks looking for the bodies of her children. And she has been known to float across waterways, just drifting forever. So, who is La Llorona? Where does this myth come from? I am a big believer that a myth comes from somewhere. (laughs) She is a Latin cultural figure. La Llorona bears a name that translates to the weeping woman. Sometimes she is seen as a ghost or demon, other times she is a sympathetic character whose story is meant to teach and caution. Her story evolves throughout time and changes based on the family history of the storyteller. There are stories of families hearing her wails at night, on their farms and telling their children to simply stay inside, leave her alone, and let her mourn. Other family stories have children and parents both hiding under their beds and covering their ears out of fear, just hearing her cries will kill them. She is so many things to so many people. Boogie woman, vengeful spirit, grieving mother, broken-hearted lover. Though her story varies from person to person, almost all of those who run into La Llorona describe her the same way, and this has become iconic. This phantom is heard more often than seen as she wails her mournful cry. When she has been seen, witnesses describe her as a woman all in white, usually with a veil over her face floating along the waterways. The legend has been passed down orally since the Spanish colonization of Mexico and has spread to Central and Latin America and into the United States. There are many possible origins of the La Llorona legend. One is believed that of... I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but the name Snake Woman, who will appear alone late at night and tempt men to follow her, resulting in their deaths in one way or another. Another possible origin of the legend has to be the fall of... Oh, I used to know how to say that. Ten... Chochin? Now the center of Mexico City. According to the Codex Florentino, the sixth omen of the fall of the Aztec capital, was that on the eve of the fall, there would be the sound of a woman wailing and crying throughout the night, asking what would become of her children. Also, scholars have linked her to the story of La Messina? Or Donna Maria, a Nahu woman, she was given given to Hernan Cortez along with twenty other slave women as a translator, advisor, intermediary, and mistress. She gave birth to Cortez's first son, Martin, who is considered one of the first mestizos or mixed race people in the new world. As the story goes, when Cortez left the new world or when his Spanish wife he left behind arrived in the new world, he abandoned her. La Messina Molesina There is no evidence that she killed her children. In fact, records show that Martin died in Spain in his 70s. Some believe that the children lost to La Llorona are representative of Mexico and the indigenous people before the conquistadors. Some consider La Messina a traitor to Mexico and its people because she aligned herself with the conquerors and not her own people just want to say I literally said she was given to Cortez as a slave woman I don't think she really had a choice in the matter La La Rona is a cautionary tale for many Parents have told their children the story of La Llorona to scare them away from waterways so she wouldn't drown them. Which, you know, that makes sense. Waterways are dangerous. Or to be home before dark. Because she might just snatch you up. That, that, that sounds good. She has taken on an almost boogeyman status at times, with parents telling their children that if they don't behave, she will come for them. One of the big lessons of the story is that children should always listen to their parents. When my fifth grade teacher told us the story, I felt like he emphasized this point, especially when it came to any future boyfriend or girlfriends that our parents didn't approve of. He was sneaky like that. Children are not the only ones who can learn from La Llorona's example. This story is a warning to young women about the opposite sex and how they need to be careful not to repeat her actions and be doomed to her fate. If only she listened to her parents and stayed away from that boy. None of this would have happened. During the Korean War, which I thought this was interesting. They could, they traced it back and I wish I still had this source. But about this time, a new variant of the story started. This one claimed that a woman who was unfaithful to her husband while he was fighting abroad and became pregnant with an illegitimate child would be doomed to La La Rona's fate as well. Though she is a cautionary tale for children and women, she can be downright vengeful towards men. In many stories, nothing happens to the husband who abandoned his wife and children for another woman. Even though he also went against the wishes of his parents and then cheated on his wife, it is the woman's burden to bear the punishment. As with most of history, it isn't exactly fair. This is where the vengeful spirit of La Llorona comes in. It is said she will appear to unfaithful men as a beautiful woman once again. If she is able to seduce them, proving their infidelity, she will then turn back into her phantasmic self, drag them to the river and drown them. In some of those stories, she drinks their blood as well. I personally find this part of the myth rather fitting. And it's kind of strange because this part has almost become like a resurrection Mary. There are stories of men picking up a woman in white, walking along the road That tries to seduce them and disappear. I did find one story where a guy could not be seduced by her. And she disappeared out of his car. Just so he could see her on the outside. Standing outside of his car. In her ghostly form. And watched her drift away back to the waterway. And heard the wailing. And realized who he had just come in contact with. There is, I think it's actually like the first episode, don't quote me though, of Supernatural, the the, the TV show, that kind of touches on this. So if that story sounds familiar, that's probably why. I remember watching Supernatural for the first time. I I always refused to watch it, because someone told me it was better than X-Files, so I refused to watch it. And, like, the first episode is La La Rora. So I was like, okay, I kind of like this show. Oddly enough, there's a Wendigo episode in that first season, too. And so we just talked about that. One way or another, no matter who you are, there is something you can learn from the La Llorona myth. And maybe this is why her tale is so enduring. Many old legends stay in the past, but La Llorona is as popular as ever. The first time her legend was seen in print was the sonnet by Manuel her Pio in the late 1800s even though her story predates this most of the artwork depicts her in simple guard from this time period she has been depicted in nearly the same way as say the Virgin Mary or Santa Morta, but in all white. Sightings of her continue to this day. Hop onto YouTube and you can delve deep into that rabbit hole. There are even parks named after her. She is a cultural icon. A new movie, well, it's been a couple years now, but was released about her as part of the Conjuring universe and it was kind of cool because most of the cast was actually Hispanic. (laughs) It got mixed reviews. I still haven't seen it because I'm the worst and I really need to. I've been slightly avoiding it. Even though many in the Western world are only now learning about her as a scary ghost lady, she has taken on a cultural renaissance in Latin American communities. There are songs, poems, and different forms of artwork devoted to her, with some writers using her to par- parallel the hard lives of some Hispanic and indigenous women and sexual repression. There are even stories of her helping lost children and being the champion of domestic abuse victims and lost causes. She is literally almost seen as a saint in times. In some cases, she has taken on the figure of everlasting love, with her story being more aligned to Romeo and Juliet than, say, the Banshee. Just I was gonna say it was definitely Romeo's fault, but uh both, actually. Um she was romanticized in the very popular song La La Rona from nineteen sixty three which was modified to be used in the Disney movie Coco. This is the end where the they're singing at the big moonlight or a sunrise gala and it's the grandma ghost and the bad guy ghost. Spoilers, skeletons, I should say, spirits. If you when I Realized that was the song I had to go put on subtitles, and sure enough, they're singing about La La Rona. I do not think that that there has ever been a more striking evolution of a character from Infocide to Disney Song. She has been an endearing figure for centuries because of the stories have morphed her into whatever we need her to be. Ghost, mother, lover, if you walk along the waterway at night in the moonlight and you hear someone crying, call out to them and see if they need help. If they don't answer, perhaps turn around and leave. Just for safety's sake.
1: sous le
0: Thank you to everyone out there listening today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Word of mouth goes a long way. Also, I will drop any show sources in the show notes. If you have a ghost story to share, don't forget to drop me a line at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. You never know. I might have you on the podcast talking about it sometime. You can also follow My Haunted Life Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Don't forget, we also have the My Haunted Life Podcast Facebook group. If you like what you hear and want to support the show please subscribe to the patreon page you can support the show for as little as two dollars a month and that's it for this show i'll see you all next week on my haunted life podcast and until then stay haunted Some stories say she purposely drowned them and left their bodies on the side of the...
1: What? You are the worst.